One of the scariest things an international student can say to their parents is, "Mom, Dad, I've become a Christian." Some have been shouted at. Some have had their Bibles thrown out the door, or themselves kicked out of the door. I wish I could say that that was unusual. It happens more often than you think. Some people have had to leave their country for the safety of their lives. And Peter says, "Do not be surprised. Do not be surprised." That's the thing about suffering. When it first hits you, it's that surprise. I think of a group of patients chatting about the first time their doctor told them it's cancer. Most of them kept it a secret from their kids, worrying that their kids couldn't take the news. Peter is talking about that first reaction when suffering first hits you as a Christian. Verse twelve, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes. Upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. In other words, this will happen.、Uh, maybe not today, but when it does, don't be surprised and don't fall away. Verse thirteen, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. This sounds crazy. Rejoice as you suffer. He says it twice in verse thirteen. Yay! I'm suffering. Well, maybe not yay, but few. As in few. I guess I really am a Christian. There is that strange verse in Acts chapter five where it says, "The apostles rejoiced after they'd been beaten, after they'd been threatened with their lives. They rejoiced that they'd been counted worthy to suffer." Dishonor for the sake of the name, and what it's saying is, few. I guess Jesus was right. He said, "Follow me, take up your cross, and follow me." And that's why this horrible, painful, surprising thing that's just happened to me—maybe it isn't that horrible, it isn't that painful, and it isn't that surprising, after all. And that's our first point. Don't. Be surprised. Some of you are going, "Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been through that before." But some of you will just need to trust me. You know, write it down on a piece of paper. Don't freak out. Jesus says it's okay. And one day, when that suffering hits you like a ton of bricks, take it out and read those words from one Peter four. Don't be surprised. That's our first point. But our second point is this: Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Verse fourteen: If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. It's probably the number one reason we don't talk about suffering in a Chinese church. If your son gets into Cambridge, or your daughter gets that job, that plum job in London, well, praise God. But if they lose their job, you know they get into trouble. They stop coming to church. Hiya, you're supposed to be this elder, this leader. How can your kids do that? Didn't your mother teach you? Le mamo kaulea. That kind of suffering, any kind of suffering, 
whether deserved or undeserved, you know, it feels shameful. It feels embarrassing. You know, choi choi choi. But I think we get the categories mixed up in our shame compass. You know, some things we shouldn't be ashamed of, but some things we really should. Verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler or a gossiper. Gossiper, that's what a meddler means, a busybody or a troll on the internet. And that's interesting uh, that it comes after killing and stealing and doing evil. Peter says, don't gossip. Don't talk about stuff, whether it's on WhatsApp or Discord, which you know is just a waste of time. If you suffer because of that, well, well, you deserve it, is <laughs> what Peter is saying. Verse 16, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in that name. You know, he's saying some things are worth suffering for, worth getting fired, worth getting shouted at by your boss, worth getting gossiped about by your friends. Again, not because you gossiped about them or you took stuff from the office, but simply because you wouldn't compromise doing the right thing or living the right way for Christ in your school or your office with your friends or your family. Don't be ashamed if you suffer in this way, Peter says, even here in church. Let him glorify God in that name. Finally, don't fall away. Verse 17, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will the, be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Judgment starts with God's people today. I wonder if you knew that. I wonder if you're surprised by that word judgment. You know, Peter talks about salvation in verse 18, you know, salvation of the righteous. But even then he says, it is hard. The righteous are scarcely saved. And the point is, uh, whatever happens here in the Chinese church, whether good or bad, you know, God, God did that. God did that. And especially when things get really, really bad, judgment falling on the house of God, you know, that's still God purifying his church, testing his church, even blessing his church. Because as bad as it might seem, this kind of judgment ultimately results in salvation. But the judgment of those who don't obey Christ, who don't obey the gospel, you know, that, that's not going to save. Uh, he doesn't tell us what it is. Peter just says, what will become of the ungodly and sinner? Because, you know, he doesn't have to tell us what it is. You just know it's going to be a lot worse. You know, if you're a mother whose son has gone off the rails, and this is a true story, this mom, she tried everything. She tried counseling, soft words, family and friends. But this son just went further and further away from God. Till finally, she got on her knees and she prayed, God, do anything and everything to bring him to his knees. What do you call that? A tiger mom. <laughs> no, that's a loving mom. That's a godly mom. 
because that's the way that God loves us. Back in verse 18, God is doing everything and anything to save us today so that we will not have to face his final judgment tomorrow. Now, you know, if you're not a Christian, you know, don't worry about this. <laughs> if you're not in the house of God, not in the family of God, don't worry about suffering for Christ, being judged as the house of God. But maybe, maybe you should be worried. Hey, you know, there is this judgment that is yet to come. And maybe I should be worried about that. Point number two, don't fall away when God purifies his church. It is time for judgment to begin with the house of God. Finally, verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Don't be surprised. Don't be ashamed. Don't fall away. Verse 19 sums it up as trust God and carry on. 70% of students here in Cambridge fall away from Christ. That's a very sad but true statistic, 70%. You see three students sitting in church today, two of them will eventually not call themselves Christian anymore. I talked to a pastor once about this and he said to me, oh, one of some of these students, they really, really struggle during their years at university. But you know, you know they're just going to be okay because when that tragedy hit them, when that suffering hit them, they actually learned to trust God more and not less. You see, ironically, it's not the students who suffered and struggled whom we are worried about. It's actually those who don't. And here Peter is saying, suffering encourages faith, but suffering also encourages faithfulness in a faithful God. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your hand in our suffering, for using anything and everything in our lives to bring us to Christ, to make us more like Christ, and to keep us remaining faithful in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <music>